Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Women Emerging podcast. I'm Julie Middleton, Director of Women Emerging. Every week I speak with women around the world of different ages and in different sectors about how they lead, because we need many more women leading in the world today. We explore how women lead differently and do it their way, which is authentic, fulfilling and highly effective. This is a totally amazing, special episode of this podcast. It is an episode of celebration and of invitation, celebrating the first expedition, celebrating the amazing women who came on the expedition and celebrating that last week, the book from the expedition was published. It captures everything that we that we discovered on the expedition and um, on on what has now become known as the first expedition because so many more expeditions are beginning to happen. So it's a celebration, but it's also an invitation. It's an invitation to you to go on an expedition yourself, alone or as a group or, or as part of your community to find an approach to leadership that resonates for you. And... The book is, is, is what we offer you as a guide when you go on your expedition. To celebrate this, to mark this, I've spent weeks now recording the voices of every single one of the 24 women who were on the expedition with me. My fellow expeditioners who undertook this year-long expedition. Every one of them is here in this episode and their voices will tell you the story of why and what and where and where we're going with the, the next expeditions and I so hope that you enjoy it. We start of course with Hinamoa who's short and to the point and then everybody else picks up the baton. First we've got Uma and then Isata, then Alaluj, then Yvette, then Aisha, then Andini, then Erica. Enjoy. We went on an expedition to exchange ideas to discover more about women leading. So it was an amazing group of women who went on a joint adventure, an expedition to explore, to search for the meaning of leadership, to find an approach to leading that resonates with women, navigating through our diverse stories and experiences using science and art, play and music, it was like a treasure hunt. And what I found was sisterhood, focus, encouragement. And I think the process is the very definition of leadership. Now is the moment to reframe leadership because the challenges and crises we face are unprecedented, urgent, and we won't respond effectively if we're using the same thinking, the same priorities that got us here in the first place. So we knew that leadership is not gendered, but there generally are different aspects, styles, and approaches which resonate for women which might look and experience different from what the current expectations are for leaders. 
a lot of surprises came up a lot of things that you never read about in other leadership books at all came up um and and then uh, you know after uh, multiple meetings over 9 months we met at the bellagio where we kind of then brought it all together under one framework so that women who are either thrust into positions of leadership or kind of feel like they want to step into the space of leadership could use that framework to um figure out what leadership may mean to them I personally hadn't given enough thought to what leadership could mean from a female approach and point of view. I hadn't given leadership much thought at all, honestly, um of what it could look like and what it, instead of what it quote unquote should look like. Um so this expedition was really important for me to join so that i could learn more about myself and what kind of leader i wanted to be both in my professional and personal life. Oh, it was an amazing group of women who actually come from very different background, very very different characters and experience. So this is good as the diversity means we are able to bring in many different aspects into the expedition. It is also amazing that a group of women who are so different and most of us do not know each other before can get together and accomplish such an expedition which at the very beginning I was very suspicious whether it's going to work but surprisingly we get together and get along very well and we accomplish the goal we set which each of us feeling good about the whole experience and also the outcome I must say that I had a little bit of trepidation before I was a little bit reticent before coming in because um you know there was the sense that when all of these women get together all of this estrogen you know what is that going to look like um it was I mean the sisterhood that that came out of it was um I I think it's just I don't even know the word I I I think it was something truly out of this world Uma the word that the rings in my head from that is magical. Isata the word is sisterhood. And Analuz of course the word is urgent. And Yvette yes what we do is different. Aisha uh yes over the year we talked about so many things that you can never read about. And Andini yes I am so delighted that we got you thinking about leading and Erica yes the words have to be we got there and sure boy did we get there so what did we actually do on the expedition first here's Liz and then Sarah explaining why our first act was to abandon the word leadership itself We decided to use the verb leading because it reflects the energy and dynamic movement inherent in leadership. Because oftentimes when used as a noun leadership, it leads to an attainment, something that you get to be and also something that you start to believe that you earned and that is stagnant. and by making it a verb it is something that you can step into daily something that you can lead in the smallest and the biggest ways and invites more people into the into the space and at the table so having chosen the word leading the verb leading 
We started off in May 2022. Katya was a little surprised by how we started, but not for long. I leave her to describe what happened over the year of exploring virtually before we eventually met at Bellagio in February 2023. And I leave it to Katya, Aisha and Anna Luce to tell you about some of the tougher moments as well as the joyful ones. I remember I was really surprised uh, by the first call that we had for the expedition last year. Um, I'd been super nervous to join and really questioning my right, I guess, to be part of a, a group of such wonderful, accomplished women. And I'd anticipated that the first call would, would really be a rundown of everyone's careers and, and talking about professional experience within companies and um, and organizations. But actually, we started talking about leadership in really abstract terms. I remember that we started talking about leadership as a movement, leadership as um, you know, all kinds of different things, directions of movement. What's the, what's the destination of leadership? Um, really looking at things in a way that I had never thought to. And this being the entry point, I just remember I was totally hooked. And, and I'm, you know, looking back at, at the notebook that I kept throughout the expedition, I just have so many pages, especially from these first few calls, um, just from, you know, with quotes from everyone. Um, and actually that never stopped throughout the expedition. I, I, this notebook is completely full of gems of wisdom, which have, you know, I think definitely been captured in the book. I realized halfway through that I was learning to explore in a new way because we had no planned destination. We had to trust the process and that was changing along with us. Weren't any tough moments because obviously if you have brought in all of these women who've gone through incredible, incredible, incredible journeys in their own lives, um, that that, um, you know, they, they, that brings in a lot of intensity, a, a lot of depth. Um, so there were difficult conversations and there were difficult moments and there were, um, you know, places when, you know, someone felt um, that the other person was not getting what they what they were truly saying. Um, but having said that, there was also this uh, this in, uh, this really impressive um, kind of uh, spirit to work through that. Um, having said that, I mean those were the that's the serious part of it, and the the fun, the exciting, the joyous part of it was just like the in, uh, you know just just a lot of camaraderie, a lot of like laughters from the depth of our bellies, like truly guttural laughs um, and and moments where I you know it's been Bellagio was I think in February we are sitting in September right now I don't think I felt that kind of like just joy joyous and also just the sense of belonging since then I'm deeply grateful to the 24 women who boldly went into the unknown I asked Vidya, Sarah, Liz, Falawi and Aparna to describe some of the most surreal moments. Uh, watching Mona and Melissa playing with Play-Doh made me feel uh, like a young girl again, uh, brought me memories of childhood. But I think their creativity, the colours, the shapes that they, used, that they ended up uh, you know, creating 
was so beautiful. It, I felt it was another reflection of the creativity in their leadership. When Anna drew a circle in the middle of a sheet of paper, I decided to join her group. I was mostly intrigued because to have a vision that was so simple takes a deep sense of knowing and confidence and clarity about what you wanted to achieve. And I wanted to find out more. The Bellagio moment I won't forget was when Anna played and Aparna danced. Music was important for us because it allowed us to get out of our heads where we spend most of our times as leaders and be able to fully experience things in our body, which led us to movement and I believe an integration of what we were learning, adapting and feeling as we were leading in our whole selves in a completely integrated way. Like was that was like no experience I've ever had. The moment that I'll never forget has to be during the music exercise that reflected to me the power of collective leadership and collective efforts. Everyone making very different sound which really sounded like cacophony, but in the end, bringing it together and tying it in with the beautiful symphony from the violin just showed to me the power of collaboration, the power of partnership, the power of working together. Although everyone can be doing many different things which could seem chaotic and which could sound like cacophony, but all together with such beautiful harmony and music and sound, tying it all together can make such beautiful music. There is another moment that I do want to mention, and that was the moment that we, um, as a group during the expedition, um, took on the challenge of confronting how central uh, race had to be in uh, our conversations about leadership. And I really, really believe that that difficult conversation we had was made possible because it was a conversation that women from across six continents were having. And I think that to me was a very powerful demonstration as hard as that conversation was um, on what we were trying to achieve. The journey is not easy and it requires a lot of hard work discussions and we finally um, came to a point uh, to define our basic assumption and from then on we work our way through the rest of our journey. Thank you Selvi. You summarised this beautifully and um, I hope that everybody who's listening is starting to get a feel of the expedition. And by the way, as you listen to this, if you're enjoying it, make sure, make sure, make sure that you, that you write a comment um, in our podcast so that lots, lots, lots more people listen to it. It was at this point, really, that our, that our journey was starting to take form. We'd become really, really clear that the start of the journey, the start of the book, the, the centre of the map must be that leaders need to understand what we named our essence. Essence being what frames how we lead and, and, and what's inside us that frames how we lead. We identified seven bits of essence. 
motherness, sacred, trauma, nature, ancestors, education, body. We knew that these were seven pieces of essence that we all shared in common. You all will have many other bits of essence, but we offer you ours by way of a starting point. Some of them need a bit of explanation, I know, because they're pretty weird words. Let me let Katrina explain the word motherness. We created it. We're well aware of the fact that it doesn't exist. But Katrina, and actually Aparna as well, because it was actually her word, will tell you why we felt it was needed as a new word. We invented the word motherness to include all women who have birthed and not. It is a quality we see in women and it needs to be recognised and celebrated. As women, we are built to grow and invest in others and this can happen with or without birthing a child. Women have incredible motherness qualities that can be seen at home with parenting, looking after parents, nieces, nephews and also other people in their teams. And the action of being maternal, which wasn't, wasn't limited to being nurturing, but about being um, the one that provides structure, discipline, resources, direction, um, all of the qualities that we value in leaders, but that gets subsumed under um, uh, the one quality of nurture, the one quality of almost a vile form of nurture that mothers often get relegated into um, in our larger patriarchal context. So motherness is a word we created, all for ourselves. Another piece of our essence that we found the right word for, I think after a while, was the sacred. We talked a lot about faith and spirituality and then kind of decided that we want to uh, bring those conversations to get together under the umbrella of sacred. Um, and perhaps one of the reasons was that, um, you know, traditionally, not so much spirituality, but faith has um, been more of a dividing factor than anything else. Kind of, you know, when you start saying, okay, I belong to this faith and I belong to this and I belong to this. And in the end, it really doesn't matter because what, what it is talking about is what each of us is holding sacred and, um, and, and what is the sacred in our lives that we emanate. So you see, we work very hard to find the right words to describe the different bits of essence that we were discovering. Another one was ancestors. Ruba and Katrina became very clear about this word, ancestors. Understanding our ancestors is central to understanding ourselves because they play a huge part in our history and in the present of who we are. Spending time with other women from across the world who had a very clear connection to their culture inspired me to come home and get clarity on mine. This is a imp very important part um, of our leadership journey because understanding our ancestors is central to understanding our essence and what we really deeply care about. From this central circle that we called essence, we began to create our map, to sort of build up our map. A map that we hoped and aspired to eventually offer to other women 
who would do their own expeditions to find their own way of leading. And this map was eventually to become the book that we published last week and that's called If That's Leading, I'm In. So as I say, the central circle of the map was essence. The second circle out we called elements. Our elements are self-evidently what sort of emerges out of essence to become the elements of our leading. And as we went and we explored, we discovered that some of the elements were ones that we really had to deliberately and very clearly jettison. Things like the sense that you have to be a good girl. Things like the sense that you're never enough. Things like the belief that there's not enough room at the table for all of us, so let's be horrible to others when we get to the table. So we thought there were elements that sort of emanated out of our essence that we should definitely jettison. But there were also some that we needed to reframe. Things like the imposter syndrome. No longer seeing it as our weakness, but potentially our strength as the source of our humility, which is so key to how we lead. So we were jettisoning elements, reframing some, finding a crucial one, which was our purpose. And then then there were elements that we began to realise we had to combine. And combine, even though they may, they may appear to be diametrically opposed. Like, as a leader, you have to be both vulnerable and strong. You have to combine the two. You have to be quiet and loud. It's not about balancing it. It's actually about combining the two when you're a leader. The last circle out, we called expression. It was the third circle that built on essence and then elements. It's, it was how you, how you take essence and elements and use them in the real world when you're leading, when you're running a meeting when you're measuring performance, when you're building a team. How does it actually play out? And as we began to work on those three circles, this sort of infinity sign began to sort of form across, laid across the three circles. An infinity sign that that was constantly moving as our essence framed how we express our leading, so inner to outer, and how our expression actually, in its contact with the outside world, would influence our own essence and make a shift possibly. So outside to in, a constant flow of this infinity symbol. And of course, then we began to realise that this infinity symbol was really a sort of It was a symbol of energy and that when you get the leading right, the infinity symbol begins to spiral upwards 
and generate and create energy. And we began to see leading as generating energy. An energy that is the lifeblood of leading. And we, we really began to see this very, very clearly. Melissa's the right person to talk about energy. We decided that leading is about creating energy because energy in whatever form is life. Even stillness contains immense energy. Uh, as leaders, it's our challenge to know when that energy is to move us collectively forward towards what is best for all, and when to use that energy to hold us still as we fortify ourselves, discern the truth in the midst of whirling complexity, and remain open to the mysteries of the future as it unfolds. We began to feel like we were getting somewhere. Aisha will talk to you about what we created almost as a piece of art. You almost felt that that quilt that kind of, you know, you start sewing with different pieces finally came together in this really absolutely gorgeous piece of, um, you know, art and artwork that could only have come together. So it's not like, um, you know, it, it's not like a place where, uh, it's not like a melting pot, but an actual, like a, 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 the most uh, yummiest salad or a quilt where there are, you can feel the different flavors, but yet they come together and align in, in like this really gorgeous tapestry. Tapestry is a lovely analogy, but beautiful though it is, we knew that creating a tapestry was not enough. We had to do our leading differently. For Mona, it shifted many of her plans and eventually the job that she moved to next. For Laura, it shifted how she decided to lead in her own new job that she'd just undertaken. And for Anna Luz, it shifted her thinking on, as she puts it, the work I want to be doing. The expedition culminated in my decision to step into bringing my authentic, experienced self to head a large purpose-driven organization, something I may not have done had I not been on this journey. How could I tell other people to lead if I wasn't willing to step in myself? When I took my job, my, my job that I have now, a year ago, that it was very important for me to, um, to recognize that I was hired for being me that's how I showed up in the interview process so then it was very important for me to stay me and not to assimilate to all the people around me who are 90% men who are 90% engineers mm. who are 90% people who are very intellectual and very clever in terms of the way that they're doing things and they have done things in um, you know up until now for the last what, 50 odd years if we're going to be successful in the energy transition, we need to do something different. And that's why it was brought in. I've been reminded again and again that I need to be me and I need to bring myself and stay myself um, in this role in order to make the biggest amount of progress um, in terms of the, the transition, the energy transition and the change that we need to make in the business. It's, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really, it's quite amazing. 
What I learned from the other women on the expedition was, above all, to be true to myself. It has given me new clarity about the work that I want to be doing. The expedition reframed things for all 24 of us, both in our plans for the future and also in how we think about ourselves. Alia and Uma will explain. I realized halfway through the expedition that leading isn't just about how you engage others. It starts with understanding yourself. This expedition was not only an external journey out in the world. It was an expedition and journey that each one of us had taken in internally, inside of us also, to listen deeply, to attend to someone else, to recalibrate, amplify, unlearn, relearn with women across cultures, across age, across generations, professions, race, countries. It was revolutionary in many ways. And I realized halfway through that it was a expedition inside out also. So for Mona and Laura and Anna it made them think very differently about their own work. For Alia and Uma, it was that they began to think differently about themselves. So thinking about work and thinking about self, but also thinking about leading itself, as Katrina and Camilla will explain. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I've never been prouder of my leadership qualities as a woman and have encouraged many people to embrace these qualities that I for a long time and many people may have seen as soft. But what I do know now after the expedition that they are not soft, they're some of the hardest skills in leadership and often avoided by many. I have been more conscious of what leadership means and what is their role as leaders and what is the type of leadership they want, or at least the type of leadership they don't want. Um, because sometimes it's more important to know what you don't want than know what you want. Another impact was simply the sense, the sense of being a group of women who came to love each other and who have continued to support each other ever since. Katrina says it all, and, and Fatima does too. Fatima missed, she couldn't come to Bellagio at the end of the expedition. But even missing that, I think, she, I think, She'll explain to you, it had such a deep and profound impact being amongst, being in a group of such women. Even if I was not with these wonderful ladies in Bellagio, I feel a lot of connection with them uh, because we exchanged it and they included me even if I was not uh, on this beautiful place. Um, they share with me a lot, a lot of beautiful energy. I feel loved by the whole group because we deeply cared for each other. A group of women working together 
together is a magnificent thing. So having left Bellagio, we began to think of the next phase. And we were all driving each other to look ahead, but particularly Aparna was driving us to look ahead. The next phase of the expedition will be transformative. The first was a phase of discovery. And I think what we discovered is um, that there are many possibilities for transformation in the way that women relate to leadership as uh, a broader concept. I also believe that that transformation is both universal and particular. Um, that there are regions in the world that have very particular ways in which women um, engage with and um, will galvanize around the idea of leadership. And so for me, the next phase is really about taking this essence that we've discovered in the first phase of the expedition and finding ways in which the essence can then drive the transformation in um, deeply um, embedded contexts in different parts of the world. Isita was in total agreement. The essence of leadership has to be contextual. It has to really resonate with your environment and the challenges that you're facing on the ground. So leadership will be different things to different people at different times. So recognizing this, we decided not to shout about our approach, but to reach out to women across the world and suggest and invite them to do their own expedition. And, and it, was, it was at that moment that something clipped into place for all of us that the outcome of the expedition was not just to produce another book. It was to do something much more important. And that our book would merely support other women to do their expedition. Offer the insights that we gained and the framework that we developed to help other women along the way as they explored. Anna was the source of the music that Liz and Aparna and Sarah and Falawe described to you. Uh, she, I think, always knew in her heart that we would end up in an invitation. I love the idea of inviting women to their own expedition because the real leading starts from our own integrity that waits to be to be discovered, accepted and shared. There is no one recipe because we are different and we are stepping into leading in different stages of our life with different needs. So Anna and I will hand over now to Uma, who will do her level best to persuade you to do an expedition on your own or by gathering a group of people and go exploring. Experience of an expedition, both as an individual and collectively, will help you to connect and line up what you desire, what you believe, and what you do or what you wish to do as a leader. So it will bring it all together. It will bring your essence to the center. 
and it will help you to pass on and teach others the truths that you will find during this expedition uh, the truths that you've reflected upon and have awakened to so i would love uh, to invite women to start expeditions like like we did like uma i too hope you'll choose to do an expedition on your own in your own time or together exploring together so that you find an approach to leading that resonates with you it is a source of huge pride that even before the book has came out there were women setting off on their own expeditions lawyers students women from native american tribes women across india who felt the need to find who feel the need to find an approach to leadership that resonates with them women who are environmentalists women who are in sustainable finance women who are at the top of the tree and starting out climbing the tree and some women who are just not interested in trees at all just in leading so many expeditions are about to start and it is glorious being part of them as they set off they're promising me that they'll come back come back and tell us what they learned at the end so that we build up our website build and build and build the stories on our website so that when you go to them because i hope you listen to the podcast and i and i hope that you'll join us on the lives we're going to do a live workshop every 3 weeks for anybody who's on an expedition to join but also i hope that 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 you'll come to the website itself to pick up what other women are learning when they're on their own expeditions because let's face it if enough of us if enough of us do expeditions then maybe some of our dreams will come true dreams best expressed by ruba and mona falawe and laura and then the last word to aparna if our dreams do come true the true impact of this expedition will be that women all over the world will see the leaders in themselves and will understand that leadership is different and each one of us is leading in her own way the impact of this expedition will be felt by women of all generations there'll be many more girls in leadership many more girls will take up leadership positions and beyond that there'll be so much evidence and proof to the world for just how to do it right the impact of this expedition for me will be when women who don't think themselves as leaders even if even when they're leading um begin to recognize that leadership is not uh a monolithic thing that men do um that leadership is something that is particular to the way that that every individual woman leads every um collective of women 
um, in the way that they choose to lead within their communities. Um, I think the success of this expedition, the dream would be that we decentralize the idea of leadership. Um, we move it away from a power center to a more distributed idea um, where power can be claimed um, and is not seen as something that has to be either handed to you or something that you have to strive up to also, to to always to grab, but um, that power is something that you can generate. And I think that that to me would be uh, would be my dream. Uh, the other part of the dream would be that younger women, uh, the younger generations of women as they lead, um, are able to evolve. Uh, a form of leadership, an idea of leadership um, that they have been able to shape, that they're not either adjusting or adapting to an idea of leadership that already exists, but uh, a shape of leadership that they are able to, um, to hammer out. That would be my dream. So this episode marks the end of chapter one of Women Emerging. Thank you to all my 24 fellow expeditioners. Thank you for telling the story of chapter one so very beautifully. In a year's time, I'll do another episode. And then we'll capture the story of the thousands of women who are going to do expeditions over the next year. For me, it is going to be a fantastic year, a fantastic chapter two, because when you do your expeditions in groups or just on your own, as you read the book quietly on your own, I absolutely trust that you'll come back and tell me what you've learnt so that we can all share it. Because let us not forget, we need to be the leaders. We know that we are. There's also loads more you can learn from other women if you go to our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org. Over time, we are determined to redefine leading so that more of us can say, if that's leading, I'm in.